Wow, it's almost, it's no, not almost. We are live. We are live. So I'm still in cloud nine, on cloud nine, no, on cloud nine because of Amplify DEI, but also because of so many positive things that people are sharing. Um, but let me properly introduce myself because maybe you are watching this for the first time, or maybe you have been an avid uh, watcher, right? Or have been seeing this. So welcome to Let's humanize the workplace. And my name is Vivian Aqua. And the reason why I started this platform, Amplify DEI, it has to do with this little guy. So this is Orlando. He's my son. And he's the main reason why I am advocating for humanizing the workplace, but also why I'm advocating for amplifying diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I support organizations, help managers with keeping their team members healthy, happy, and safe. And I have um, an underlying motivation. That's simple. I want to create that workplace where my son and his generation can be himself. So ever since the day that he was born, he is a huge inspiration. Um, he also inspired me to, you know, pass on the spark towards 69 people in total. And I am forever amazed. So uh, I call him my life coach. I call him my mirror. I call him my, uh, my mini me because he looks in some kind of ways a lot like me. So my partner has now two people who talk a lot at home, but he, he loves us. So there, there is some compensation in there, but... Um, Orlando is the main driver of what I'm doing. So I will be referring to him, I think, all the time. Most of the time, I think by now, a lot of the people know that my son is called Orlando. He's now seven. And he is asking me questions. He's asking me some things. And that comes to the next topic that I want to discuss. So the next topic is it's almost the end of the year. 2021 is knocking on your door and I want to challenge you. What have you done to develop your personal growth or develop your professional growth or develop them both? I want to challenge you to take the upcoming weeks, the upcoming months, maybe to think about where you are, where you want to be, and what do you need to develop that? So what is it that you need? Do you need a trainer? Do you need a coach? Do you need to maybe follow some courses? Do you, where do you want to be? Where do you see yourself? Because these are the, this is the right time to ask yourself that question. Don't use the end of the year or the 1st of January saying that I want to become this. No, I am, I'm currently reading uh, Shelley Archambault's book about unapologetically ambitious. And this woman is ambitious. So um, I want to share that with you that start planning now and speak out of, speak your intentions out because when people know what you're doing or where you want to be, they might keep their eyes and ears open and help you or guide you or give you tips or share it with other people so that they will know what you're looking for. If you're keeping all those intentions inside, nobody knows how they can help you. Nobody knows how to support you. Nobody knows how to support you in your personal or uh, professional development or sorry, growth. But what I want to say is Think about, you know, you being a little bean or you being a seed. Where do you want to be? How? What kind of a plant do you want to, to be? Or what kind of a tree do you want to be? Where do you want to be within six months? Where do you want to be in three months? Or what? And what do you need? Challenge yourself. Don't wait until the company invests in you because I also believe that you can invest in yourself. So maybe read some books, maybe ask, you know, join some some book clubs or join a network where you can excel. So um, I am challenging you to think about your personal growth and your professional, uh, your personal and professional growth. So <laughs> hi, Angela, thank you for being here. And Angela is my, uh, is my business BFF, as I can say, she 
challenges me, sometimes very annoying, but I still love her and she's such an amazing person. So thank you, Angela, for joining. Um, I also want to highlight the following speakers. So today we are going to continue the topic, Amplify DEI and how can leaders amplify DEI within their team or DEI within their company? So I'm going to invite Gary Turner, Bernice Fellatime, uh, Imran Rehman and Tanya Morris one by one. And if you have a moment, I'm also going to properly introduce them. I have a whole, you know, a note that I have to read. So first of all, Gary, uh, Gary Turner serves individuals, um, teams and leaders as an interpersonal catalyst, believing that everybody has the right to thrive, the right to be heard and the right to be seen. Bernice Feller-Time is an inclusive diversity consultant, and she advises teams on how to perform most effectively by searching for a unique qualities and linking these intended objectives. Imran Rehman is an organization and performance specialist with an expertise in measuring and developing structures for belonging and safety. And Tonya, Morris is a consultant who is advising organizations with their culture transformation. And it's Tonya's belief that employees are the soul of the organization. And I believe that too. <laughs> yes. So thank you all for joining this conversation. And I wanted to ask you, switch, switch my question a little bit up. Um, let me start with you, Tonya. Why do we need to virtual, you know, why do we need to humanize the virtual workspace? You know, I'm glad you asked that question because we all know two things. The employees you had in January are not the same employees you have now. Mm -hmm. We got three, we got three different pandemics, if you will. Yeah. And then I say to you that Every organization in my mind is a software company. We're doing everything on Zoom and virtual. And so what that does is it leaves some employees out. There's a lot of employees are isolated. And so because we are moving into a new normal, I think that we have to leverage virtual as an experience as for the new workplace. So we have to humanize it. And so how do we do that? We definitely have to take in consideration that we got to virtually connect. And so as opposed to going to the office, some of us may not be going into the office. So we have to provide our employees with an experience. And so that's why I believe humanizing it through technology is going to be the way of the future. I forgot to mention this card. This is the awesome card. <laughs> <That's> the awesome <laughs> card. I was like, and Imran, can you share something? <laughs> oh, I, I, I can only build on that. Um, I'm going to yeah. take what you said about um, experience, the human experience. Um, so for me, human experience, um, an experience can't be forced. I can't force anybody here to have an experience. I can't force my children to have an experience. I can't even force my dog to have an experience. Mm -hmm. He does what he wants. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he can decide for me if I then do something <laughs> right. So what we keep realizing, and I think this is something which I, I, I just it just sticks in me and it's a lens I use with everything I do on a daily basis is human experience will, is always personal and it will always be bottom up. Um, so any top down solution, um, anything that comes from a hierarchical structure that comes from a place of, I know better than you, um, will not create a human experience, which is personal. Full stop. End of story. Thank you. Thank you. I also want to highlight Marjolein, um, Brian Kelly for joining this episode as well. And Gary, take off. <laughs> sorry, sorry, what do you want me to take off, Vivian? This is very strange. Just, just, just with the question, with the question, why do we need to humanize the virtual workspace? Yeah, I, I, you know, like for me with this, Vivian, I think it's literally probably one of the biggest opportunities we've had in generations to redesign organizations to be people centric. Yeah. So all of the belief systems that have been fear based, exclusionary, traditional, it's all gone. And it's actually harder now to maintain the status quo virtually than it was mm -hmm. pre pandemic. Yeah. So it's, it's going to take more human energy and effort to maintain 
what we're leaving behind than it is to flow into what's becoming. So my message really is, let's get, you know, I talk a lot about vulnerabilities, you know, but let's get comfortable not knowing what's coming. And we can only do that virtually if we listen and see and hear each other. And that means slowing down, coming together more often, not just talking about metrics and numbers and growth. Like, how are you feeling, Vivian? How's Tonya? What's going on for you right now? What's going on for you, Bernice? How do we try and co-create better? Like, Slowing down literally to speed up is going to transform the workplace for the better, virtually and in person, but it's going to take courage. Boom. <laughs> Brilliant. Nice, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I can only build on everything that's been said already. And I think it's important that we humanize the workplace because the workplace right now for a lot of people is their home. Yeah. And the workplace is everywhere yeah. and you need to feel like you can still be yourself and still feel included and feel mentally safe um, everywhere where you are right now. Um, so I think right now it's especially important to, to for us as uh, human beings, but also at, as colleagues, as managers, to really focus on how can we stay connected, as what Gary said, slow down and really focus on how we can um, help each other. And I also think that right now, because we're all at home and not in an office space, um, I think a lot of people start feeling what it feels like to be um, excluded. Mm -hmm. So for me, inc the inclusion um topic is even more relevant today than it was before corona because so many people right now really know what it feels like to be excluded i love everything that everybody shared and also for you benice awesome <laughs> thank you because thank i don't you. want to exclude people here in this podcast <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that we can do what what how can we help leaders so please share uh, maybe one action or ingredient that leaders can can do or take to amplify DEI within their team, within their workplace. What is it that they need to do? And I'll start with you, Gary. For me, it's the opportunity that every leader has now because we can see each other's backgrounds. Look at us. We're, we're seeing into each other's souls and our homes mm -hmm. every single day. So for me, the one thing I think our leaders can do is lean into that a bit more and actually ask. So actually, Imran, I see behind you, you're working from home at the moment. I can see this setup. Like, what is it about that setup behind you that matters to you? Why is it important? What does it give you? How can I help give you more of that and take away some of the stuff that gets in the way of that? There's some really simple wins for leaders if they're open-hearted enough. So to use that background that we're all experiencing right now to actually get to know our people better. Mm -hmm. I love that. And if, and if, yeah, and if I may add that, um, because I have the same um, experience that I love it when I'm in a meeting and you can see into people's houses and that tells you a little bit. For some reason, it, it takes you closer to that person. Uh, but I also realize um, for people that use photographs or hide their backgrounds it's also important to know why they're doing that and they may not feel as comfortable showing where they live or have other reasons not to show it and i think to make time as a as a leader as a manager as a colleague to have a conversation with a colleague and really put in the effort to make sure that people are comfortable mm -hmm. Now, I will say on the flip side of that, I have seen and asked the same very questions why people, you know, hide their background. And then a lot of people and employees would say, I don't want to be judged. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, sometimes my room may be messy. I may be in the kids' room because I don't have the setup. And so we can have those biases and not even know it, right? So what I would say, one of the things you asked the question, what can leaders do? I think they can have empathy. Right now, a lot of employees are going through so much. And mm -hmm. just, to, just to ask the question when you're doing your huddle, how do you feel? Because that's so important because it's been very traumatic for a lot of employees. So I would err on empathy and care. 
first. So you, because I do believe like what Gary said is that we do have to have courageous leaders. We have to have a new competency for our leaders now. It's not always about just the metrics and the dollars and the you know sales or what have you. We got to start caring for our people. And this is the time because when they see that you care now, that becomes your brand for later. So Ooh, I love and, that. And go Ooh. first. Go first as a leader. You know? <laughs> what were you doing, Gary? What was that? I'm using my awesome card. Sorry, Bernice. Oh, sorry, no. I thought it was awesome. But and and I just want to say add one more thing and then I think Imran needs mm -hmm. to say something. Yeah. And and go first as a leader, you know? Yeah. Have that courage to be vulnerable yourself. Show your messy room. I don't know, make it messy on purpose. But but go first also in being yeah. vulnerable. It's also about breaking the ice, right? Because a lot of the times people feel a little bit maybe challenged to share something or feel a little bit like they are not in a safe place or not in a safe environment yeah. to share. So right. I also want to encourage leaders to have these one-on-one -on -one conversations exactly. where you yeah. can find out what's going on instead of somebody sharing, you know, in a team meeting saying everything is fine whilst you're seeing in, on their face something isn't fine so don't mm -hmm. confront them you know within a team meeting but right. have one -on -one. a one-on-one -on -one conversation where you ask how i can support you what is what is you know what is up in your world right now wow. i like everything but this is amazing this is just, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm overwhelmed with like wow good um you see how um, I feel sometimes. Sometimes yeah. I feel like I'm fanning. I, 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 don't, I, have, I don't have an awesome sign. All I have is. Um... <laughs> so, um, no, but there is something putting this all together. Because um, I'm, 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 I'm working um, with leaders at the moment, and I always, these things, these topics come up, and I'm happy these people, these, these discussions are being discussed. Mm. And for me, this whole idea of like making people feel part, no matter what their background, no matter what's in their background, how their kitchen looks like, how what sort of microwave they've got, or how <laughs> cool their washing machine looks like, and, and can go at twelve thousand RPMs without making a sound, um, whatever is going on. Um, but once people start feeling apart, you can then set a, a standard that we all live to. And they always ask me, "What standard should I set as a leader?" And I can't stop myself from just saying this word be painstakingly kind every day mm -hmm. wow. every day painstakingly yeah, kind every day and i don't finish there i said look this is not then done because it's every day yeah. it's the little things you do with your kindness those little things done well consistently and if you're not doing that then you're not living up to the standards of the land okay can I say something as well on that? Of course. Yeah, yeah, please do. Add, you add, know, add. And, and, and you guys are awesome when you're saying that the vulnerability, the show, the messy background. I had a client where the employee and I told them, I said, we need to have more one-on-one -on -one sessions when you get to know and build relationship. It's not always just performance, but start with the end in mind. Well, this one particular employee was taking all the Zoom calls in the bathroom. <laughs> And let me say this because he was so stressed out because everyone was home and he didn't have a setup. Yeah. And so he was embarrassed. And so this is real talk here. He was embarrassed because he had to set his Zoom calls up in the bathroom because every piece of the house was occupied by children and everything. And so I say that's why you have to empathize because who would ever thought we were all going to be software companies where we have to come before and perform in such a way that we hope that we are not judged. And that's why I said empathy and making sure you care and, you know, about this person, you know, so it's, it is bigger than, you know, just being vulnerable, but understanding that as well and not judging. Yeah. And also to, to add upon what you are just sharing, Tanya. So um, we have been in the Netherlands, we have been in on the lockdown since somewhere around the 15th or the 14th of March. So let's say that the office has been unoccupied, not all offices, right? But the office has been uh, not occupied as the last year. And I would say, why not share some of the 
the office chairs or the tables or some of the mics yeah. or some of the monitors so that people can work um, can work in a productive way or in an energetic way because I knew from a colleague from last year that they were having a tiny monitor and I'm just like, okay, I have like, I'm not going to brag, but I have two big screens watching at me now. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't work with that. I can't work with a small screen, even on a laptop. I'm just like, I'm missing those two big screens so that I can see and mm-hmm. a, bit, a little bit of a control freak, but then I can see what I'm doing. So why not extend that? Or why not let the, let the people borrow those tools so that they can do the work in a proper way? Right. Absolutely. That's a great solution. Or give them budgets. So no, going on to, to the next. Yeah, sorry, uh, I was just going to say, um, I found one company did that really well on the day um, Europe started to lock down. Um, they sent I think it was massive... Spotify, right? No, it wasn't. It was actually um, ADP. They sent around an Excel list um, because mm. they didn't have any other solution. And they got everybody to put in um, what they need, what's in their office, how's their internet. And if they could, they will get them to the best level of internet as quick as possible. So you, you don't need, it was the standard Excel tool at its best, helping <laughs> yeah. people's internet connection and getting them to connect with the rest of the world that's that's awesome and also something that rashida is sharing um first of all i have to you know put in a disclaimer all these speakers were speakers from amplify dei brian kelly is a speaker maria line is also a speaker uh, rashida is also a speaker yeah. and i'm loving the love from you know those who watch or joined amplify dei and and Rashida is definitely dropping the mic here as well. So she says, <laughs> employee expenses has gone down or disappeared altogether. Why don't organizations share some of these savings and ensure everybody is well set up at home? So I'm, I'm waiting. Why? Why? Just <laughs> drop them out. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll drink to that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Going on towards the next question, should organizations or should companies be more transparent about their DEI efforts? Ooh. Why yes or why no? Bernice? Uh, I don't have a yes or no. I, I think it depends. Um... Maybe it wasn't on the list. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm doing it anyway. No, but, but for me, it really depends because I always say you need to be authentic. And um, if it doesn't fit your company to be that open or that transparent, you don't have to. And I think you need to figure out, does it serve you? Uh, does it serve your employees? Does it serve your customers to know what you're up to? And for larger companies, yes because they have much bigger brand images um, um, and for smaller companies i think because i lo- work a lot of with um uh smaller companies so maybe mm-hmm. 30 to 100 employees okay. and they're not under a microscope so do they yeah. really need to put everything they're doing on LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's different for uh, maybe companies that are being exchanged on the stock, ex- stock exchange. So for me, that depends on the, on the size and the type of company and your customer base as well. I understand. And let me clarify, maybe to add is uh, the level of transparency. So there, there can be a level of transparency internally, but there can also be a level of transparency externally. And coming to what you shared, when it comes to small companies, transparency internally? Oh, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Because how can you have the, the conversations that you need to have? How can you be accountable? How can you measure your progress? How can you have yeah. everybody involved? internally oh absolutely but externally sometimes i see companies doing it and i always wonder why exactly and you don't want to turn dei into the next greenwashing thing um and i've seen a lot of bad greenwashing examples and for me that is not the way i want to bear i want to take the idea that they are putting 
uh, right faces on the website and they're having the, uh, I'm, I'm living in Amsterdam, so they have the boat at the gay pride and internally nothing else happens. So, you know, that's what I, for me, I don't know. Yeah. I am totally (laughs) with you on that when it comes to window dressing. And what about you, Imran? Um, I, I had a fight with myself with this one because <laughs> I, I, I like I also wrote it down on a poster. I said, no, because it doesn't work. And then, yes, because it's a start, a place to start. <laughs> and um, and then I kept on having this fight with myself and um, punching myself up, you know, like, going, no, 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 you can't say this. You got to say that. And then ultimately what I realized was um, it hasn't worked. Um, mm. Transparency has not worked. Um, transparency has created awareness, it's created reflection, and nothing's changed. So that then, then you know, I went silent on myself and the angels passed, as they do when things go silent. Um, and then I thought, well, hang on, what's going on here? What is it? Um, and I said, no, what's more important than transparency, actually, for me is, um, and I wrote this word down as well, I said, um, commitment, commitment mm. to change, a small agreement. Yeah. Coming back to that small things done well, if there's a small agreement to change, then you can even move somebody who's passive resistant or showing passive aggressive, you know, some aggression um, to the next stage. Um, and if there's no commitment, then there's no affirmative action. And I'm tired of creating transparency because I know that's how I've always built organizations to self-organize. That's the core of self-organization, creating transparency. If you don't have that as a structure in the way information is acquired, assessed and redistributed you won't create self-organizing teams you won't create self-organizing structures um but it doesn't transparency does not help dei don't know if i'm being that controversial here no 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 no. i I like that interesting i totally like that and um let me switch in a, a different question so brian is sharing how are you this company uh, creating the conditions for your people to experience DEI daily. That's interesting. So, Tanya, can you take over? Well, yeah. So, I, I, I can't help but just kind of touch on what both Bernice and Yamar said um, about the transparency. I do believe that if you have an organization that's already, their culture is already built on transparency, then the mm-hmm. ENI can and will work. Um, so, the answer to the question yeah. that I don't see the question again, but can you Sorry. repeat it? How are you companies creating the conditions for your people to experience DEI on a daily basis? Well, I think that you have to, the commitment has to be there, but it needs to be threaded through everything you do, your processes, your procedure. It has to be every, not just a statement. It has to be a part of your recruiting process, your, your promotional process, your policies and procedures, all of that indicates that you're living it out daily. It's really your DNA. It really has to be a part of your DNA. And, and I, I just, I can't help but say this. I want to make a little point about the transparency because I do agree with you guys that we have seen it where it's not working. But then mm-hmm. we got to get away from the box. We have to burn the box and really have these authentic conversations say, okay, this is not a moment I mean, it's not a moment, it's a movement. And so when you have transparency around your DNI, it is some benefits. It helps you with your brand, it helps you recruit better because these younger generation, that's what they are looking for. They're mm-hmm. demanding this here. So it's a transformation of your culture. So we have to get away from checking the box to burning the box for one, but then we have to live it out every single day with our people, our processes, and our procedures. And that's she's what I just think. dropping the mic like it's on fire. <laughs> I mean, I, I just believe that. And I, I, and I, I felt under- it. I felt I it. understood what Bernice was saying too, but it's so, I think it's important to even have it externally only if you are committed and making some daily practice and behavior changes. I'm not talking about put a, you know, throw money at it. I'm not talking about put a statement. That is a great recruiting tool when people know that that's the fabric of who your company is. I I think, I think you're right, Tonya. And I would like to say, and I always say this also to organizations, show me, don't tell me. Yes, so, right. 
you don't need to tell me on your website. I want to look at your personnel when I do a, a LinkedIn search and see diverse people working yes. there. Right. And then you don't need to, sh then you don't need to tell me. And that's maybe, maybe what I'm getting at. Yeah, I agree. especially now, because I now agree. in the Netherlands, what we see in advertising is that they apparently have found the black people. Oh, apparently yes. they have found you know the black people on the website <laughs> and apparently they found the black people you know outside where they can when they suddenly i'm seeing black people all over and i'm just like wow so we are but can we, i we, okay but can i ask you a question viv yes they found the black people i agree with you there mm -hmm. but have they really found the black people? Because I only see black people doing white people things, if you know what I mean. Right. Absolutely. And, and that's a that's a drop and the mic a, moment. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a totally different thing. And if they're because really the narrative the, isn't being told by the people exactly. Of color. You know, I, I, when I watch a commercial that I saw one, I don't know, it was for a telecom company, and. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought, yeah, I know you, you had the whole BLM thing and you thought, yeah, we need to cast diverse. And I saw it and I thought, yeah, this was, this was white people writing the script and the people behind the commercial were not diverse and you could see mm -hmm. it. And that's what <laughs> I mean when show me, don't tell me because yeah, that but... is that company is trying to tell me they're being diverse but they're not showing me that they're being diverse and that's what i call the greenwashing of dei well i think we are smarter than that now and we recognize that and we <laughs> demand different a year ago when we were not talking about that people were just telling you stuff and making statement now we want actions and we recognize just like what you said you don't have to tell me show me and mm -hmm. so i think now we have blown the box open to people to go back and reset and really think about what it is, what do we want this to look like? If I was a person, what would DNI look like? Yeah, I've, it's interesting you say I that. I've been have, asked. Oh. oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Gary, you go for it. I just want to give an yeah. example. I currently <laughs> had in Salzburg, but Gary, please. I mean, I'm just marinating all of your comments. To be honest. <laughs> but, um... You are a guest here. You're not a fan. Hey, it's, it's, it's lovely. No, but what comes up for me, I'd like to sort of flip it on its head a little bit. For me, I want to be a bit, 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 bit provocative. Actually, I look at organizations close to me and ones that I know of. They wouldn't even know what diversity, equity, and inclusion means. Mm. So I'd actually start, and I'm not trying to be overly critical, yeah. but my point is there's no point being transparent about something you don't understand. Yeah. Good so there's something oh, about yeah. like root cause, which is actually, so how do we have the conversations to make sure that everybody understands why we're talking about the E&I mm -hmm. so that we can then rebuild from the bottom up, side across and top down as like mm -hmm. a co-created strategy. Yes. Yeah. Rather than this pastor thing or this political thing or this whatever the moment thing is. Like we've really got to be a lot more intentional about you know, why do we even care yes. about DEI? and i And for me, it comes back to the beautiful platform you're hosting. Before we put the label on of black, white, disabled, green from Mars, we are equally human. And we've got to get back to being mm -hmm. equally human because if we don't do that, we've spoken an awful lot on this call already tonight about feeling, empathy, yeah. belonging, safety. You can't go anywhere near any of that if you're still acting like a human robot. That's right. So I think this is critically important that we realize why are we why do we care about DNI? What does it mean to us? And let's build from there and not just worry about whether it's transparent or not, because that loses the essence of why DNI is even a, a thing for me. Thank you. Awesome. Can I have Gary, the awesome card for Gary? <laughs> we need brilliant. the awesome card for Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome yeah. Thank, Gary. You. <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Thank let's, you. Let's just pass yeah, it around. Gary, let's just pass it around. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly okay, that is so I, don't, I, just, I just want to add my example to it because it's exactly that mm -hmm. I want to show you what, because I've been asked exactly about that. I've been saying, Imran, look, can you help us in our sales process as German, Austria's biggest digital brand agency in Salzburg? Um, they just do digital, very woke agency, very, they know their stuff. And they're struggling with their big, big brands in meetings, in sales processes. And what 
they say is, I don't know how to respond. I don't know what, I don't know how to recognize it first. Mm-hmm. How do I recognize it first? And these are people in a sales process. Um, and um, it wasn't until I, um, me and um, a friend, Tiffany, who's a historical justice expert, pointed out to them um, um, the concept of othering and sameness making. Oh. That's what you talked about, Ben, is that people were sameness making in the, <laughs> in the way they were um, creating the adverts. Uh, and then it came to them that, oh, when that happens, I need to respond. Yeah. Um, and that's when you can actually create some sort of impact. So it was just actually yeah. backing you up, Gary. It's exactly that. If you can start yeah. from the point where you're saying, um, then maybe transparency just falls to the side. Because it will happen right. anyway. Yeah. This, awesome. this talk is already bringing so much heat. I, I don't know what to say anymore. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, I am in the host mode, but then again, I'm also fanning. I'm, I'm <laughs> consuming all the content and it's going to be epic, but going towards the next question, right? Um, and this is a question that I wanted to ask for all the DEI advocates, all the DEI leaders, because this is something that is very important also to myself. DEI leaders and advocates can sometimes face hardship whilst advocating for DEI. What is the one tip or advice that you have for them to remain resilient during this DEI marathon? And I'll start with you, Tonya. Well, I and I thought about this one here, but one tip I, I like to talk about, we need to employ a care model. Mm. I, I think we do need to care about people. So the question is, what does that look like? So we got to be to see, we got to be committed. We got to be committed to it. And then we got to take action. And then we got to recognize that we are, there are some differences and that's okay. And then we just need to empathize. And I think if you employ some of that and break that down into organization, I think the marathon, because it's not going to happen overnight, and you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. want to just go and do these awareness trainings. We got to care enough to be vulnerable. We got to we get back care enough to say, you know what, I really don't know. So we have these brave conversations, but we also got to have some action because a mm-hmm. lot of us have seen this and we have heard this here, but we ain't got no action. And we are past the kumbaya. We want some action, right? But we also want us to want to recognize that we do have differences. I mean, really, we want we, there are some differences. And then my last thing, you know, when you start caring, then you can begin to lead from the heart. And yeah, you guys know I love that's my thing. There, leading mm-hmm. diversity from the heart. And when you can start caring and breaking that down then we can see that we will continue to have momentum because that should be the fiber. That care should be a fiber of your organization. Then we can get into all that groovy stuff about transparency and all of that, but let's care first. <laughs> let's care that. first. <laughs> let's care first. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Imran. Oh, wow. I, I don't know how to, I, 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 think I know, my, I'm just right? going to drop the mic. I'm I think I, I, I don't know how I can add to that. I think that's it. That that is the um, this care model. You just gave me an idea of how to help a housing company. Um and the the leaders that are struggling with people who can't pay their rent. And mm. um one of the things they need yeah. to do is have a care model in their in, in, in the way they, they lead with their heart. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna take that, I'm gonna snatch it, and I'm going to make them reflect on that and make action. Well, good for you. You're welcome. um, (laughs) See how that um, goes? You see how that goes? Yeah, it's awesome. um, Yeah, I mean, I I really go down to something very, very physical very, very often. For uh, for me, it's about, you know, the whole concept of flow, and flow for me creates staying power. It has some of the most complex science behind what flow does, and people don't know how to make it practical because they stay in their heads. Like, you know, I meet lots of people who do meditation, mindfulness, Mm -hmm. and... Mm-hmm. It, and, and it's really a thing that they haven't dealt with their, like you said, they haven't started to care about themselves first, but they're doing lots of meditation already to fix themselves. Um, wow. And meditation can only be done once you've taken care of yourself. You only begin meditation. You begin um, when you, you're good, when you're in a place, in a center, you're centered, you can hold space and ground and hold tension in conversation. And once you get there, then you can start doing things. And one of the things I find really, really helps is then taking your body to an extreme any form of extreme. That doesn't mean adrenaline extreme, but say holotropic, holotropic breathing, if anybody's tried that, um, where you take your breathing to such an extreme that you can feel your whole body. 
um, fill up with oxygen and then you hold your breath um, and that sort of keeps you going and we do it every morning um, so something really hands-on about yourself within that care model is doing something extreme for your body so you realize that you have one and that every day when you wake up you're alive <laughs> um, awesome. and it's, it's, I think that is really really important it was I remember once um, I worked with the CFO um, with his team and it had been a really tough afternoon we you know dealt with a company that was about to go down the drain and fail and they'd found a way out and the CFO just had one word. He says, I, this was the best day in the company for me today. I felt I was alive. And oh, I was wow. seen as someone beyond numbers. Wow. That's, that's... it. So, wow. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's it. Done. <laughs> wow. Gary. You know me, Vivian. I don't like just have one idea. So um, <laughs> I might try and... I might try and steam two in very, very quickly. But the first one mm -hmm. I just want to start with, it's, and I'm actually in this. A lot of people don't realize I'm still working corporate as well as having a big passion about all these mm -hmm. topics. And something I'm in right now is I want to, and you inspired me being part of the amazing Amplify DI Summit, is that I realize being surrounded by all of you, as much as I care and I have been speaking up, I've not been fully showing up. And there's a mm -hmm. difference between speaking and showing and I'm still in it right now. So I've actually approached my organization to say to them, I want to take a more active role in the DNI agenda, of which we have 90% senior white men globally. And that's public because we're a publicly traded business. But they've acknowledged it, which back to that point about empathy. Okay, you're now aware. What are you going to do about it? Right. The next step. But for me, my point is find someone at least one person, whether it's your own network, your organization, the client that you're serving, start small and find someone that you mm -hmm. can trust and build understanding and knowledge with. Because I'm terrible at the small picture. I can see the end game. I can see systems. I want to be there. But of course, you've got to meet people where they're at. And I'm terrible at yeah. doing that. That's yeah. still a massive learning curve for me. So start small. Find someone that you can learn from and with, like an accountability partner and build out from there because there will be people and it may be the people that will surprise you the most. So to, but you do have to look for them, be proactive, be vulnerable, but start small. I also wanted to uh, share something about that and something very valuable. So I heard of Gary last year and I did not, he knows this, so I can openly say this. I did not pay attention to this man until happens um, until <laughs> until the lockdown i just had one conversation and that conversation led to amplify dei he shoves it under the rug but the most people the all the, the most of the speakers that i know from amplify dei i met them via via gary or via via gary so having that tribe that believes in you especially when you're doing something that is so close to your heart but it's hard to sell that dream within the company is so valuable and so 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 important so again if you are looking for people to connect if you are uh looking for a tribe find look look towards the amplify dei speakers there are so many speakers there and i'm also setting up an online community where you can connect and join with each other but know that we are out there and you're not alone you're not alone maybe that company isn't the right company or maybe the you know the idea is maybe a little bit too big so start small and find your tribe and create your tribe so that you together can create that create that amplification that every organization needs from the inside out. Bernice. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> I was having a moment. I was having a moment. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. um, yeah, a tip. I think um, a useful tip is that know that when we're talking about these topics, um, we're holding up a mirror against people or in front mm -hmm. of people that they're seeing stuff from themselves that they don't really like. So when you get a bad reaction or it's getting awkward, it's getting your, your intention, you're feeling tension, I mean, know that 
it's not about you. It's about the other person. So separate what, what is about yourself and what is, um, what is the other people, other person's issue or baggage, so to speak, mm -hmm. and don't take everything personally. You're just being a mirror and you're, and you're showing people stuff that they might not want to look at. Um, so don't let everything in, in your own system. And I think we are moving into, sometimes it feels like we're moving in a different direction than everybody else is moving. So you're feeling like you're moving upstream or something, but I wanna yeah. circle back to what Tonya said. It is important to keep an open heart and even to, I, that's what I do. <laughs> so I can only share what I do. It's, it's keeping, I'm keeping my heart open and I'm still loving everybody who, who, who or she or they are um, where they are. And I understand that maybe they are not seeing something that I am seeing yet. Mm -hmm. um, and I only can do is, 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 is love them anyway. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now I am quiet, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there, there, there is a lot to be uh, to to learn from these. This this conversation has been blowing my mind, and I I was I am looking. I was so looking forward to this, but to have this outcome, this never in my wildest scene. So definitely, thank you for for creating this magic. Um, I also have a question from the audience. So Audrey uh, Braun is sharing, I understand what Gary is saying. I just started in DEI and one of the first thing that I did was network with others in DEI who I now perceive as my allies, I think, mentors and coaches. Yes, amazing. And Shagufta is... is <laughs> this your daughter or is related to you, right? Imran or it's not? Yeah, that's Nori. Ah! Baby steps to create a bigger picture. Yeah, Thank you. Hi, Nori. A big, big, big hello from Vienna. <laughs> Absolutely caring action is just core to establishing change. And I feel a lot of people are not honest with themselves. Mm. Yes. And that's also, it has to do with that safety that we need to provide as well. It has to do with that. So. Um, I am just challenging leaders to lead with their heart. If you don't know how, last week I had a whole conversation with amazing speakers and we talked about leading from the heart. So uh, she's saying hi. <laughs> yeah, thank you. For <laughs> You've seen how my family calls me. They call me Im now. So you know now. Now so I know. Now, again. No, now I can actually, yeah, yeah. I could just turn around. You can see everything in my house now. You know everything now about me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I wanted to say, um, Vivian, there's something that's been mm -hmm. holding me. Um, and um, like I've been walking the streets of Vienna um, um, and been thinking about this a lot. And every time I have an opportunity to work with teams, individuals who are transitioning into leadership positions in corporates, and building our own organizations, one of the things I'm thinking about a lot is um, I, leadership has become a thing for me. It's become a competency model where we have to force humans into. And I'm trying to like think, well, what can we do um, to help people hold space better? Because I find you know, being able to hold racial tension, to hold any sort of tension in a conversation, have discourse, is something which I can't do today because the minute it gets a bit uncomfortable, they either push me away and say, hey, I'm wrong. Oh, you're getting heavy on me. Or look, have another drink <laughs> and calm down. Or they do something where, they, where I'm actually really getting involved and trying to listen with my whole body and really get close. And I say, look, I want more. And I, I want to, to get and holding space. And I'm, I'm a big fan of this holding space. And I've been playing around. How would a leadership program look like if it was only about holding space? Mm. That'd be good. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, and whether it's leading from the heart, whether it's, um, you know, um, leading from my 20th floor office, but you hold space. And I think that's something that it's almost like a Netflix series where um, you feel like I want to click to the next video of my CEO mm -hmm. who I don't see, 
but she or he is creating a space in which I feel I can connect. Wow. Wow. That's deep. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's just it's one of those things, deep. isn't it? I mean, I don't know how you guys yeah. feel. It's like, you know, because we all work with people, then sometimes you want to grab hold of a leader and, um, and then sit down and say, um, how do you hold space? How do you let go? Yeah. How and do I you think hold that's, How do you hold that's a lot. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of the work that we do, especially that's where I look at the work I do when I, I work with teams. And that's 90% of what I do. I hold space for them to figure out what they need to do. It's not me mm-hmm. telling them what to do. Right. It's I hold space for them so they can figure it out. And, and there can be tension and I can hold that for them and create that safety. And I agree with you, Bernice. I know I, before this call here, I, I have a team of a CEO, a white men, six men, six leaders, I should say. And and we were talking about that and we needed to hold space. And, you know, I got in the, into the conversation about why does his team look this way? You know, when you're talking about diversity, and it was a very authentic conversation, but it was a conversation that they said that it was uncomfortable with, but we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And that's what I told them. And so I did the analogy of a heart transplant and like I always say, when you're having a heart transplant, the first thing is about something's wrong with your heart. It's not working at full capacity. What mm. if everybody in this room had a heart transformation? Would you not have a culture transformation? Because now you start seeing things differently. You're hearing stuff differently. You're open, you're vulnerability. So I really I agree with you holding space, but really going in. Sometimes we hold space and give them an out. We got to go in where we punch them in the heart and say, okay, this is why you need a heart transformation for change, for change. And that actually <laughs> happens when you have a heart transplant. Do you know that? Oh, absolutely. I know that. I, I did my this research is, on it. Exactly. Right. I did not know I, that. I bas- no, and I basically said wow. that, that, you know, when you're having a heart transplant, it's because you're not working at full capacity. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, that that wow. really took me aback when I learned that. <laughs> that um, you will fall in love with the family who you got the heart from. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, um, the memory is carried in the heart of the people you love and care for. Yes, right. Um, I did not know that. That 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 took me on a you know wow. It wowed me completely. This talk is giving me the bubbles and excitement of idea. <laughs> 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 I am. In that was my dog. I'm sorry. I told you my dog. No, 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 come no worries. No worries. No worries. So um, coming towards the last question and we have a wish. <laughs> I mean, two, tw- 2021 is almost knocking on your door, but I still want you to think forward towards 2025. And what is your wish when it comes to 2025, but also it comes to humanizing the workplace and leaders amplifying DEI? What do you wish to see? Tanya, um, I'm going back to Bernice when she said, "Less talking about it, let's get into action." I think mm-hmm. that we should be by that time we should be actionable right now. So when I go to an organization, I don't have to ask what is your DNA, you know, statement. I feel it, I see it, it resonates, it's productive, it is a part of the DNA of an organization and leadership competency. It should be a a DNA in your organization. Mm-hmm. That's what I would Definitely. want. Definitely. It also reminds me of Bernice, her talk about multiplying the pie, where she shares, um, mm-hmm. where she shares a quote from Peter Drucker, right? Yeah. yeah. Culture uh, eats strategy. And all day long. The, the fact that the <laughs> DEI isn't part of the culture yet, it amazes me. It amazes me. Yeah. 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 Imran. Um, I'm just going to say one thing. Um, um, in 2025, um, I hope we have the end of cultural fit. Mm. <laughs> oh, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. anymore. I don't yeah. want to hear that thing. The end of cultural fit. I'm tired of it. The only, the only way that I want to hear it is when it comes to fashion or so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but then that's actually adding to its diversity as well. Then when that happens, yeah, fashion because it's on the street, it's moving, it's 
Yeah. Um, but um, I just I want to see the end of cultural fit. 2020. Yeah. Boom. Done. Um, no more high performance programs where we're looking for the right cultural fit person to fit mm -hmm. into this. And as well, and I'm going to say this quite clearly, as Wells Fargo's um, CEO clearly said that there are not enough um, black people out there with talent to look for. <laughs> That's another conversation. And, yeah, and I know some of the people at Wells Fargo are doing phenomenally great jobs in DI. They're doing amazing work. They've got great, great talent, but they're not at the table. I also believe when people that make those statements, they are not looking inwards because That's what right. have you done to build up that talent? How are you not mentoring, but sponsoring them to work towards that goal? Yeah, I like that word so, sponsor. I think, um, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see how micro sponsorship could work and help us. Mm. I don't know enough about it. Um, I'm still yeah. learning about it. We're building structures of micro sponsorship for um, the minority groups in our in our organizations and i don't mean the women because the women are the majority group in the world i mean the minority well, groups. They, are, they are leaving now right yes. i don't know if you have seen if you have seen the latest uh the latest report from mckinsey and lean in where one of the four women are leaving the workplace and yes the majority is senior a leadership or manager or they are a person of color who are leaving and that oh i forgot to mention that and that we need to do something about that we definitely need to do something about that because i cannot understand that there were so many women who are and men who are advocating for uh, gender equality and now we're going backwards because we're, and we're going backwards in traditional roles. Come on. So we can I say transparency, reflection, and self-awareness do not work. Yeah. <laughs> so, Bernice. so can I add on a positive note then? I'll add on. Yeah. So if we, yeah. if, 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 <laughs> if we end cultural fit, what should it be replaced with? Well, something like cultural act. I, I would like companies to that they that you apply for a job and you don't feel like oh I need to read everything on the website and and know what I need to say to fit in you know mm. that that recruiters say yes you know yeah you're not diverse and we already have like three people like that 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 is the standard like we need something totally different mm -hmm. yes something like that the opposite yeah. of culture fit, I think. You're right, Imran. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gary. <sighs> Again, I'm coming from a systems point of view, but I don't want DEI in five years to be a topic. Yeah. Yes, right. Like, That's it. Like ev everything is still too sticky plaster. We're still trying to yeah. retrofit everything to make the world inclusive. I wrote an article about six months ago, which was inclusion is innate, exclusion is a choice. And we sometimes exclude rightly because we have to set boundaries. We don't want to let everybody in. But we should not be in a situation where we do not see and hear every single human being at a system level and at a society level. It isn't difficult to do. <laughs> like, it really isn't. If we take away the power dynamic, we take away the fear, we are equally human. And it is not difficult to design around that. So I want in four years' time for DI not to be a topic. That's my wish. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. And it's I not difficult. It's not Sorry. difficult. No, no, I just yeah. to, like, I really want the people joining us. Like, it's not hard to do this, but it does mean getting out of our own way. And we yes. seem to be over the last hundred years, incredibly good, uh, massaging our egos, <laughs> pumping up how good we look. And it just takes effort that we don't need to do. So like, get out your own way, let D and I go, let's crack on. That's my wish. And what I wanted to end with is it is so important, especially during this lockdown. This lockdown has shown how internationally we mm -hmm. have a lot of work to do Indeed. when it comes to diversity, equity and inclusion. But I also want you to be aware, you as a leader, you as HR or you as an individual to be aware of how you are treating your people or how you are treating your team members during this time, because people will forget what you say, 
They'll forget right. what you do. Yep. But they will always, always. remember how you made, made them, them feel. feel. And if you tie that in with the brand, because now, you know, I'm from a generation where we know how to do our social media. And there is another generation behind me that it's, they don't have, you know, they they don't mind sharing the good stuff, but they also don't mind sharing the bad stuff. And that's the last thing that you want to happen with your organization. So please be mindful. If you have to let go of your people, please be mindful of doing that because you. you're impacting not only the individual, but you're impacting mm -hmm. their family surrounding system as well. So. I wanted to end on that note. And I also wanted to say, give a huge, you know, a silent applause to everybody who was on this panel. I'm still mind blown about the things that are shared. I'm trying to wrap my brain around this conversation. And I will definitely highlight this blog in a few months time because it's, it's worth of amplifying the leaders or leaders to amplify their own teams and own companies. So thank you for for sharing this and uh, Marjolein say yes, that my Dr. Angelou quote deserves a mic drop every time. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you dropped the mic. Well, the whole the whole session was about dropping the mic, right? So thank you. <laughs> thank you all for uh, joining me. And I wanted to close off. So don't 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 go yet. Don't go yet. I wanted to close off with highlighting Amplify DEI. So you can definitely still watch all the presentations when you go to AmplifyDEI.com and uh, know that you can listen to this episode. So uh, go to the podcast, the, the you know Spotify or iTunes or Google, um, Google Podcasts to listen to this episode because uh, this is definitely an episode that you have to consume, let it marinate, and listen again. <laughs> Thank you, and until next week. Bye. 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 Thank you, everyone. <laughs>